0: Gala Gai Heim, Fira B. Sakai vahi hai. Anilatina radio Redio, Dunia Bara Mem, Eka, Andalana, Apake, santa 24, Gante, sangita, Liva Prasarana, Aura, Rahasyamaya, Yatra, Dota, Koma, Para, Isomasia, Ki, Sixone, Ki, Lai, Eka, Rahasyamaya, Dristakona hai. mind me, your host, Mystic Guide. I'm just looking for my glasses. <laughs> I'm the host of Enlightenment Radio. God bless you and welcome this USA morning, nine o'clock here. I'm not going to guess. I think it's seven in Bali land. I love you all. It's good to be here. And We've had a sort of a roller coaster week with our equipment, with our news, with our changes that we're about to make. I remember some of you were there for the music show yesterday, God bless you. And we made an announcement and we're going to go over it again today. And We are moving ahead of the rest of the world this year for one reason. The world is getting darker, (laughs) and we are getting lighter. You know, when I started this radio, I had a book. I had God. I had a book. I had a mission. My mission is on my mystical voyage website. And to lead people under the way of God more perfectly and to make all mankind see what is the the mystery. To To see what is the fellowship of the mystery. I'll get it right one of these days. It's been my mission for 20 years. This mission will not be thwarted. This mission is going forward. And so, rather than sit here in a bunker, (laughs) somewhere in America, we're going to go to the next level, and I will announce it. Excuse me, I've got the sniffles, and excuse me for my raspy voice. So, today's topic will stir anybody's dandruff who is a cultural, you know, a person who is really into culture and ethnicity. Christians have been bought into this. (laughs) The, The topic is, are the Jews extinct? I have a question for uh, a Jew. Why haven't you had a prophet for 2,400 years? Huh? Who told you what is a Jew? Who told you you were a Jew? How do you know you're a Jew? You know how they knew in the Old Testament? You know how they knew? They knew by the records they kept. They had to keep records. Don't fool yourself. DNA does not distinguish any human race in America, in the world. I was waiting for the Genome Project, which finished finally, well, its major work, in 2000. And in 2000, the Genome Project made this announcement, and I thought, well, glory, hallelujah, we're going to end racism. They said there is no distinguishing one human being from another by their genes. Cannot do it. The man sitting across from me is a French black man. You took his DNA and my DNA, you could not tell the difference between our color of our skin. That's the truth, and I knew it. And people don't, and it kind of got whisked away. The press, oh, no, we can't have that. We can't have this. We've got to have this distinguishing race. And I said, no, the only thing a DNA distinguishes is a male and a female. If you dug up two bones... And You took the DNA from both sets of bones. The only way you could tell one was an African-American and one was a white man is by their bone structure. If you don't have their bone structure, you do not know the difference between those two people. So, ladies and gentlemen, I am here to tell you there is no such thing as race. It's all a hoax. Paul says it in the book of Acts. And I wasn't prepared to read from this, but let me find it. It's what he was with the Greeks. He says that there is one blood of all nations. One blood of all nations. And if the word says that... And I said, you know, even Paul knew this 2,000 years before the Genome Project. Now, at one time... God said, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, unto your lineage, unto your seed, he was going to form a people. He would take care of them. Moses led them so far, and they went through all that they went through. But they had a mission. They were a hybrid seed. They were a hybrid seed to bring the Messiah Okay, so let me start into the teaching, and then we'll go, instead of me goofing and stick, moving around here and confusing you. Let's get to the point of the teaching, and then I'm going to show you that this is probably the second greatest hoax perpetrated upon the people in the world, and the first is the Trinity— Are the Jews extinct? God's covenant with Abraham was one of a promised seed. That from his multiplying fruit, there would be generations. Now, these words are important. Words like generations. For an everlasting covenant, and he would be their God. Through Moses, he promised his people, the Jews, a prophet shall I rise up unto you of your brothers. our brothers seed? Yes. Now, through DNA, you can tell a person's related. I'll grant you that. A prophet shall I rise up unto you of your brothers, a direct descendant of their seed, a deliverer, a messiah, Him shall uh, him you shall hear and believe. Now listen to this, people. I didn't write the book. But God said, Him you shall hear and believe, or be destroyed from among the people, the Jews. Let me repeat that. Him shall you hear and believe, or be destroyed from among the people or the Jews. Well, what does destroyed mean? God kept His promise, but the Jews did not, and rejected God, His Word, the prophets, and finally the Christ. Now we have received Christ; are the heirs according to the promise? For there is no more Jew. Now we are the seed, the sacred spiritual seed of Abraham. All of this I'm going to document from the word. Now we are called the seed of Abraham, and the Jews are rejected. We are the new Israel, and for a greater glory, for Christ is the end of the law. You might as well say the end of the Jew. From an everlasting covenant to eternal life. For if that which was done away, the law and the Jewish earthly seed was glorious, how much more glorious the spiritual seed? That's right. We are God's children by birth, not adoption, and are His seed forever. We are the chosen ones and holy ones who are now the called out by God because of the Jews' final rejection, of Jesus Christ and their ultimate destruction from the face of the earth. Now they rest in the valley of bones, dead, vanished, no more in the land of the living, awaiting the last day when God promised the resurrection, when he breathes life into the dead bones of the Jews and their souls shall live. Then, and only then, shall God, not man, restore the Jews to their promised land of Israel and remain forever in paradise on earth. You see, paradise is a place on earth. Don't confuse it. It is not heaven. The Jews were never promised to go to heaven. They never thought they were going to heaven. Okay? The first question is, what is a Jew? Technically, it is a short term for Judean, a tribe separated from Israel early on. For teaching purposes, a Jew is a lineal descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, an offspring. Heritage, all these words are important. It all reflects seed. And from the male side, that's how they knew they were a Jew the seed with little or no intermarrying of other female descendants, a hybrid if you will, for the distinct purpose and foreknowledge of God to conceive and to bear the coming Messiah the Christ child that would crush Satan and bring salvation into the entire world that's quite a responsibility. It was started in Genesis 3.15. That was when God promised his Messiah. For you see, the Bible is about seed from Genesis to Revelation. It represents life, the word, and the genealogy of mankind and its significance. So the Jews are a genealogy. They are a Hybrid. They are a heritage, they are a lineage. They are truly, at one time, they were a race of people. The hoax of the late great planet Earth. However, today the worldview of what a Jew is, is a hoax. When I hear major evangelists and commentators emphasize the importance and significance of the Jews of today's nation of Israel pertaining to biblical prophecy and our Christian heritage, I I have to cringe knowing that they're ignorant of the scriptures and basically telling a lie for profit and prestige. The books and the movies that sell Israel fulfilling prophecy according to the latest fad or world event is a million-dollar business. Just take John Hagee, for instance, and how he sells the Christian world a bill of goods every week, which the nation of Jews has become his strongest theme of every teaching. His latest book of this fairy tale, Religion, he promoted as gospel truth. The four blood moons, something is about to change. I remember that. The Four Blood Moons, what a phony book. Was news worthy among sectarian broadcasts, even? Who started this trend of continued Christian Jewish covenant now turned, or it's termed, the Judeo-Christian religion or ethic standard? The origin that I source that drove this widespread cultural phenomenon. And before I tell it to you, do you notice how they always have to call this, you know, the conservative, the Judeo Christian country? Because they don't want to offend the Jews. It's not a Judeo Christian country. There's nothing Judeo about it, except for these phony Jews. We're not Judeo Christians. <laughs> Most of them are Trinitarians. But if you want to go, let's just go with the word Christian. If you believe in Jesus Christ and you're born again? You're a Christian. You're not a (laughs) Judeo-Christian. Who made that up? We are not a Judeo-Christian culture, family. The origin that I sourced that drove this widespread cultural phenomena, and I'm getting back to the hoax of the late, late great planet Earth, that brought this cultural phenomena into public awareness and his equivalent scientific truth as man-made climate change was a book written in the late 60s by Hal Lindsey called The Late Great Planet Earth. It sold millions of copies, and Armageddon became a household word. I remember I read that book from cover to cover. I was excited about it. I didn't know anything about Christianity, but it brought me brought me into it. So this book sold millions of copies, put Armageddon, he was magnifying the Battle of Armageddon, became a household word. He connected the dots or events between 1947 when man made restoration of the Jews. Moving from all parts of the world to gather together and return to their original homeland of Israel, and making the bold claim that this historic event was the sign of the coming of the return of Christ. He claimed this week. W-E-A-K, giant leaps of assumptions and biblical private interpretations that the great tribulation and end of the world would take place within the same generation that witnessed this event of the Jews returning and restoring the nation of Israel. You see, it claims there in one verse he uses, claims that the same generation that sees the return of the Jews to Israel will see all the events of Revelation take place and the return of Christ will happen. Well, he claimed, that's what he claimed, let me get back to where I was, he is constantly changing his misrepresentation of what country or religion is going to conquer Israel. To who the Antichrist is. He has since had to move the illusional dateline, it's like moving the goalposts, <laughs> several times to accommodate his theory. No matter, to his devotees, this is now gospel, and the Jews, God's chosen people, are well and alive in Israel And all the events of the world are revolved around what happened to them. Just ask Jack Van Amp, Hal Lindsey, John Hagee. Every Sunday, every Sunday they come on. And they relate every event in the world to what's happening to the Jews. Fulfilling the coming back to Israel. He is constantly changing, and he has since had to move the date line several times to accommodate this theory. No matter to his devotees, and I went over that, and I got distracted, I'm sorry. And every Sunday preacher and television evangelist, watch Israel is their mantra, their basic ignorance of what a Jew is perpetrates this myth. They don't know what a Jew is. Well, what does the Bible say? The Jew of today is of man's making. That's what I want to emphasize. It was man who rounded up these Jews after the World War II for being persecuted. The UN was part of this. Man made, and England was part of this charter and all of these, making a home for the Israelites or the Jews, the so called Jews. They had Jewish names and looked, it's an ethnicity, it's not a seed. It is an erroneous belief system. They have all come from a common source. There is no bloodline. There's no lineage, there's no offspring of any record, written or verbal, that will show any such connection. There is no connection between Woody Allen and Benjamin Netanyahu. There is no connection between Barbra Streisand and Gola Mayer. They all claim to be Jews. Nor is there any DNA evidence that differentiates them from any other human. As a matter of fact, the revelation heralded by the infamous Genome Project declared in 2000, I mentioned a while back, there is no such thing as race. (laughs) We've been hoaxed by that, too. Not according to blood, anyway. As a matter of fact, there's no such thing as a Semite. You can't be an anti-Semite if there is no Semite. So how could you be anti-Semitic? There's nothing in the blood that can enable to see under a microscope the difference between one human color or distinction with the exception of male and female. I believe at one time there was a DNA. This is just my guesswork here. I believe at one time there was a DNA that was distinction of a Jew as a hybrid race to impregnate Mary, bring the Son of God into the world by way of his miraculous birth, and distinguish him as a man without sin. Remember, he only took part of flesh and blood, Hebrews 2.14. He took the flesh part of Mary. But the soul life of the flesh is in the blood. Leviticus 17, 14. This is all in my book. Which comes from the seed of the male. Get this. The soul life of the flesh of the human being comes from the male side. The seed. Which in Jesus' case was from his father, God, Holy Spirit. Therefore, he was without sin. He did not have to be God to be without sin. If you understand soul life and genetics, today there is no purpose for a hybrid race and no purpose for the existence of the Jew for over 2,000 years. Therefore, after Christ came, the Jews became extinct. Basically, you can time that and label that. In the year 70, the Romans sacked the temple and the Jews scattered and were destroyed. I believe at one time they were a hybrid race to do that. Now let's look at some other convincing scriptures. Peter stood up and boldly confronted the persecuting Jews After healing the lame man at the gate of the temple gate, beautiful. Acts 3, 12 through 26. The God of Abraham and Isaac and of Jacob and the God of our fathers hath glorified his son Jesus, whom you delivered and denied him the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you, the Jews, denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you and killed the Prince of Peace, whom God hath raised up from among the dead, whereof we are witnesses. And now, brethren, repent. Talking to his fellow Jews. Repent, and therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out until the times of restitutions of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. Now Moses truly said unto his fathers, A prophet shall your Lord God raise up among you, raise up unto you, Of your brethren, like unto me, him shall you hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. And it shall come to pass that every soul which shall not hear to the point of believing that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. Let me repeat that. Moses is prophesying about Jesus Christ, and he says that every soul who shall not hear, that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people, the Jews and their progeny. You and I, or you and all the prophets from Samuel and those that follow after, as many have spoken, have likewise foretold of these days. You are the children of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham and his, thy seed shall be kindreds of the earth, be blessed. Unto you first God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you, and turning away every one of you from his iniquities. That's from Peter. What a glorious summation Peter witnessed to his fellow Jews, knowing that this was that generation. This was that generation of Jews, even given the first opportunity that should have been received, with which joy actually became the last generation the prophet spoke of regarding their final destruction. Wow. Could it be made any clearer? I didn't write the book, people. I didn't eliminate the Jews. I didn't destroy them. God, God did. They were a stiff-necked thorn in his side all throughout each generation. Yet he took care of them, led them into the promised land, gave them prophets, protected them from their enemies. You know the word Palestinian? The word Palestinian is a derivative of the word Philistine. They were supposed to have all been killed, but they dropped the ball. So now the Palestinians are still here. So Peter, what a glorious last summation. Peter witnessed, even given the first opportunity the Jews were, should have been received with joy, actually become the last generation the prophet spoke of regarding their final destruction. And with many words did he witness and exhort, saying, save yourselves from this doomed generation. He's not just metaphorically speaking, people. That was a doomed generation. Jesus Christ was the last generation of Jews. Put it that way. This was it. Acts twenty twenty is where I'm reading from. This was it. It was nearing the final showdown before their destruction. Fortunately, some believed. Most didn't. And see the second entry of Jerusalem. That's in my book. And... Uh, we're going to take a break. And I'll be with you in just momentarily. You are in tune to Enlightenment Radio, to the knowledge of body, soul, and spirit, and unlimited music 24-7. Be sure and visit our website at enlightenment-radio.com. There you can journey through the mystical voyage and also view our schedule of programming. Thank you for listening. So now that Peter laid it out on them, that they were the last generation, that they would be destroyed, okay, now we move on. Hebrews 8, 13. In that he saith, a new covenant, he hath made the first old. Now that which will decay and waxes old is ready to what? Vanish away. How do you get any more clear that they don't listen and hear and obey are going to be destroyed? And now, he says, in Hebrews, they're going to vanish away. The Jews are vanished away. They're destroyed. I didn't write the book. The Jews will now vanish away. Hebrews 8.13, this entire chapter is about the suspension of the Old Covenant and beginning of the new, starting with Christ as the new high priest, chapter 7. Some commentators refer to this chapter 7 as also the elimination of the Levitical priesthood line because of the current eternal priesthood of Christ. Now, Acts 13, 41. I got another word for you. (laughs) Let's add this on top of that. Just to pile on. Behold, you despisers and wonder and perish. Now we got destroyed, vanished, and now they're going to perish. For I work a work in your days, a work which you shall in no wise believe, though a man declared unto you. The following scripture adds to the condemnation and the final demise of the Jews. 1 Thessalonians 2, 14, 16. For you, brethren, the converted Jews in Judea, have become followers unlike your own countrymen, the uh, fellow unbelieving Jews, who both killed the Lord and the Lord Jesus and their own prophets and have persecuted us and they please not God. You see? They're not there's people who kill and think they're doing God a favor. There's a verse that says that. And speak contrary to all men, forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles, that they might be saved, that their sins a piling up for the wrath listen to this paul says this of the jews he says this for the wrath is come upon them to the uttermost well, what's the uttermost wrath of god how god can be any clearer jews destroyed vanish perish And the ultimate wrath, extinction. Yet we're expected to believe today's man-made myth rather than the word that the Jews still exist today and are occupying the land of Israel and other parts of the world as if they were still a chosen people. It's a lie! They're dead and gone! How many myths, how many lies... Do I have to expose, all you got to do is open the scriptures and read them. But I don't mind. I wrote this in my book, 101 Myths of Christianity 30 years ago. I've known this for over 30 years. And uh, other, there's other proofs and books written about it since then. How could God be any clearer? Jews destroyed, vanished, perished, and the ultimate wrath extension. Yet we're expected to believe that, that it's just, just a lie, people. Ah, see the contrast and distinction in God's eyes, 1 Peter 2.9. But you, believers in Christ, are a chosen generation. We're the royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him, Who has called you out of darkness unto his marvelous light, which in time past were not a distinct people, but now you, that's you, Ravi, that's you and your family, that's you and all of you out there who believe in the mystery. We are now God's people, and even we'll go beyond that here in a minute. For a complete synopsis of the utter failure and condemnation Israel, read Stephen's last witness, his discourse to the Jews before his martyrdom. Remember Stephen who stood up before the Jews and just gave out the whole history and how they had always rejected the prophets, how they were always stiff-necked against God. And God's continuation after they stoned him to death, remember he looked up and he saw... God standing next to Jesus, or Jesus standing next to God. Through Paul, where Paul picks up where Stephen was cut off, a perfect illustration that it was God speaking through these men from the obvious continuity of the narrative of the story. In other words, where Stephen was cut off, Paul picks up later in the book of Acts right where he left off and continues on from where Stephen left off. It's a beautiful thing to see how that was God's word speaking and not two men. A perfect illustration. I'm probably one of the few people who have noticed that. I found, I discovered that myself. So, Paul concluding that all who believe are justified from all things, from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. You see, the law never justified anybody. From that point on, Paul witnessed the word to the Gentiles, leaving the Jews to their foretold fate. He said, you judge yourselves worthy of unworthy, you judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, will men I turn to the Gentiles? The Gentiles were filled with joy and glorified God. The Jews were filled with envy, jealousy, and losing their power became their strongest fear and driving force. Acts 13, 35, 17. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy. But the Jews who believe not moved with envy and sought violence. Romans eleven eleven. Through their fall, salvation is come to the Gentiles, provoking them to jealousy. Their religious leaders were confounded and losing their power. And that's still the same today, people the political and religious losing, they're losing their power they'll do anything to keep that power uh, there's a lot of verses from acts here what shall we do i'm going to name them acts 416 through 18 517 26 and 533 and 8, 1. what shall we do to these men that it spread no further among the people. Let us threaten them. Then the high priest rose up and the sect of the Sadducees and were filled with indignation. Then went the captain of the officers brought them without violence because they feared the people, they were cut to the heart and took counsel to kill them. At that time, there was a great persecution against the church. Saul, breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went into the high priest and desired letters, approving imprisoning them. Even the converted Jews were so religious, they sought to contain and use their power over the disciples. Acts 11, one through 2. And the apostles and brethren that were in Judea heard the Gentiles had received the word of God. Remember Acts 10? Peter went there under a vision, witnessed to Cornelius and his household. They all manifested tongues and prophesied. Remember that? Peter didn't even have to finish his long sermons he liked to give. And when Peter was come up to Jerusalem, he had to have some answers. <laughs> Because the Jews, or the Gentiles, were like dogs. But God said, That which I have cleansed, let no man say that's not cleansed. And when Peter was come down to Jerusalem, that were of the circumcision contended with him, after Peter witnessed the conversion of the house of Cornelius, the Lord's revelation of the word over the world had begun. So why does the world and the Christian religious community not recognize the demise of the Jews 2,000 years ago and believe the word regarding their extinction? Besides historical rewriting and confusion, it is basically from a misinterpretation from the book of Romans 10 and 11, written to the church only, where Paul states, my heart's desire... And prayer for Israel is that they might be saved. Yet he states in Thessalonians, the wrath of God has come unto them unto the uttermost. So what was it that gives these people who promote the Jews, what, what is it that gives them sort of a life, so to speak, that they're right? I'm going to get to it. And it's just one word. One word. For I have been, uh, I have, I I bear them record that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they believing, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness. Isn't that what people do today? ignorant of God's righteousness, going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. So far, doesn't sound like any inclusion, does it? For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness unto everyone that believes. That saying Christ is the end of the law is like saying Christ is the end of the Jew. We'll keep it at Christ at the end of the law. This is the most convincing conclusion that Christ was the end of the Jew. For Moses described the righteousness, which is of the law, for the Jew only, that the man who doeth those things shall live by them. The old covenant no one could keep or obey, and Jesus magnified that. Here's a new formula, new covenant for being saved. As Paul stated was the heart for Israel Romans 10:9 that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus now you notice I want to stop here for that if, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus you're confessing the Lord Jesus you're not confessing Jesus as Lord every every translation and version of the bible says if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, Jesus is Lord, or Jesus is God, or Jesus is, it, none of them say that. It says, confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus is the one that took your sins. You see, they get it all backwards. And shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from among the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto them, is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. Yet he reminds them of God's losing patience. (laughs) But to Israel he saith, All day long I have stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. Well, if they didn't obey Romans 10.9, they were not savable. No salvation would come to them, period. Yet there was an unclear verse they hang their head on. I'm getting to it. I say, God hath cast away his people. Wow. Cast away, vanished, destroyed. God forbid, for I am also an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. Now, this is in Romans 11, and this is where a little bit of juggling of words, they wiggle out of being destroyed and vanished and done away with. Know you not what the scripture saith of Elias, how he maketh intercession to God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed thy prophets and dig down thine altars, and I have left them, I have left alone, and they seek my life. But what saith the answer of God unto him? I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed to the knee of the image of Baal. So far, it sounds like there is a way the Jews can survive by way of intercession or intercessor. So here's the main verse. All current theologians and pulpit pundits use to validate there is still a Jewish trace in the original Bible source. This is a real page-turner now, folks. (laughs) I'm going to give me a teaching app. That's what I'm going to do. Even so, then at this present time, also, here it comes, there is a remnant... Even so, at this present time, and we're in Romans 11, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. They teach there was a remnant of Jews that survived. Somehow, through all of history, there was a group that never intermarried or mixed their male seed, and the offspring and the lineage remained faithful to genealogy. God's law had continued the line of priests and sacrifices, and there was a prophet for each generation. Have you seen a prophet every generation? No matter, there was no written records or common ancestry. Remember, Paul said, an Israelite according to the seed of Abraham. So they completely mixed with other groups of all human backgrounds around the world for centuries, yet will still yet were still Jews by seed? Question mark? No. Not only is that ridiculous, but it is impossible. And then miraculously they all survived, multiplied to grow into millions worldwide. Jews under some false sense of persecution because of this deception and managed to all come together and return to the land of Israel in 1947. So just who is this remnant Paul is speaking of in Romans? It's the saved among the Jews. That's who it is. The believers, those who became Christians from among the disbelieving Jews. That's the remnant. It's obvious because of the fact of it is, was grace. And if by grace, then is it no more works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. What then? Israel hath not obtained that which he seeketh for. They didn't get the grace. They didn't get to the promised land. They didn't. They rejected the Christ. Israel did not obtain salvation, and there is no Jewish remnant by seed, religion, or keeping by the law. But the election hath obtained it. That's us. We obtained it, and the rest were blinded. Who is the election? We are the Christians, those who believe Romans 10, 9, and 10. We are the remnant, not the Jews. That's the whole point of salvation, to separate the physical from the spiritual, the law from the grace, the truth from error, or tradition. Just listen to what he goes on to say about the blind, ignorant Jews. (laughs) First of all, let me explain something. I have nothing against these people who claim to be Jews or ethnicity or whatever tribe they are. I have nothing against them, nothing. But they're not Jews. They're not the sons of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's what I'm saying. According as it is written, God hath given them the spirit of slumber, eyes they should not see and ears they should not hear. I mean, he's just piling on here. Unto this day, you can say, unto this day, Unto this day, and I hate turning pages in my podcast, but I guess I'll do it this time. Maybe Frenchie can out and get them rid of them. Mm-hmm. Especially now, they remained blind and not hearing. So they what? Vanished. There is no Jew today. It's impossible according to God's word. And David said, let their table be made a snare and a trap and a stumbling block and a recompense unto them. Even David had a word for the the unbelieving Jews. In other words, it's payback time. They lose their promise to the Gentiles, the new race of spiritual beings called Christians, followers of the way. Let their eyes be darkened that they may not see and bow down their back always. I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall. Now we have them an out, a way. Now, he gave them an out, my printer. He gave them an out, a way, Jesus Christ. God forbid, but rather through their fall, salvation is coming to the Gentiles, for to provoke them to jealousy. Now, if the fall of them... Be riches of the world and the diminishing of them, the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fullness. For I speak to you Gentiles, inasmuch as I am an apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify mine office. if by any means I may provoke the emulation of them which are of my flesh and might save some of them. How might he save his fellow Jews by the flesh? through Jesus Christ and believing in them. Not only could they have gained righteousness by grace, but eternal life, but they turned it down. Well, because of unbelief, they were broken off. And thou standest by faith, but not high-minded, but fear. For if God spared not the natural batches, take heed lest he also spare not thee. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God on them who fell severity, but toward thee, goodness, if thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou also shall be cut off. This does not mean lose your salvation. And they also, if they abide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in for god is able to graft them in again well again if they believe they become a part of the results of salvation that's the remnant there's no other way people you gotta get saved there's no remnant out there that doesn't believe they were destroyed for i would brethren that you should be ignorant of this mystery lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. That indicates there is a time when this all ends. The fullness will culminate in the rapture, the gathering, the uh, quickening. The quickening is when all of this comes to an end and the gathering together. Not a resurrection, which is for the Jews in a latter time. And so all Israel shall be saved. When? He's talking about those Jews who will be at the resurrection. That's when they're saved, Ezekiel 37 and Matthew 24. In the last day, John 11, 24. In a resurrection, all are dead. At the rapture of Christians, not the resurrection, some will be alive. It is then the Jews received their promise and restored by inheritance the earth and living in a restored paradise. A just reward for those who followed God's calling before Christ in times past, but the ultimate promise was meant for us. A greater glory in a heavenly spiritual kingdom To fully reign between heaven and paradise and earth. These preachers are just preaching Jewish, (coughs) Jewish, what's taught to the Jews in the Old Testament that they shall inherit the earth and thousand year reign baloney. That's all paradise. That's all not written to us. We're already seated in the heavenlies. We already have eternal life. We're spiritual beings not material beings. So, for as you in times past have not believed God, yet now obtained mercy through their Jews' unbelief, and because of their unbelief we became Christians, even so have these also now not believed, that through your mercy they also may obtain mercy, for God hath concluded them all in unbelief that he might have mercy upon all. Oh, the depth of the riches of both the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, who hath been his counselor? Or who has first given unto him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again? I want to skip this and go straight to the... uh, Oh, I just shouldn't skip this. Let's do this in order. Does being ignorant of God's righteousness and knowledge, being blinded with eyes that can't see, ears that cannot hear, diminishing the fall of them, casting away from the broken off because of remaining in unbelief sound like a remnant to you? What would uh, you would want to be a part of? Why should there be any such remnant exist like this? They don't. Why are the remnant God's chosen and elect, having grace, the righteousness of God, the sanctification, the redemption, the seed of Christ in us, the gift of Holy Spirit, inseparable and powerful unto eternal life, what a God and what a Savior! We are the body and the remnant of Christ. Period. They got it confused. They they just flipped it upside down, made a bunch of rank unbelievers, a bunch of people who were destroyed, vanished, and uh, God's wrath came unto them to the uttermost. They're just making them as equal to us. How foolish are they? How foolish! This brings us finally to the book of Revelation, which is established concretely in other teachings that those events do not even begin to take place until after the rapture or the quickening, as I call it. It is the revelation not to the church. And my typewriter blanked it out. Tribulation and resurrection in the end. They are not spiritual beings as we But before then, it mentions early in the synagogue of the Jews. Oh, you'll like this. I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich, and I know the blasphemy of them who say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. What do these guys do with that verse? (laughs) These people who say they are Jews but are not, but are really the synagogue of Satan. Who who is God talking about? Here's another one, verse 9. Behold, I will make them a synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before the feet and to know that I have... Can't read that word. Unfortunately, today's scholars have no clue what these verses refer to, especially as they view these written to the churches of the past. That's impossible. There's no grace in those messages to those churches in the beginning of Revelation. These are future references. These certainly, there certainly is a future of people who will be rewarded for their enduring. This is a sustainable called out to endure and resist the coming great tribulation of evil. In the context of this teaching, in reality, there are counterfeit Jews who are referred to as a synagogue of Satan in the future. They will continue to resist Christ, his followers, and one can only imagine how evil and deceptive they must become in order for God to call them this. I didn't write the book. They killed the Lord Jesus the first time. They'll just keep him, killing him the second time. In conclusion, this is not to negate all that God's people and prophets and kings and common people did and suffered during the course of history that led up to obtaining the birth and salvation of the works of Christ. This is well magnified throughout the word. The acts and writings of David... The heroics of Ruth and Rahab. Prophets like Jeremiah put in human dung. The heroes during the Babylon captivity. The line of faith and immense suffering of the Hebrews. It was said, as it was said with Moses, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ Greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, and all these through they gained divine approval through their faith, did not receive the fulfillment that was promised because God had His mind in something better for us. These men and women of authentic faith would not be made perfect. That is completed in Him apart from Him. That's the Amplified version. We are the perfect the initiated ones, called out to be the one body of Christ. For there is neither Jew nor Greek, male or female, bond or free, for all are made one in Christ Jesus. So I conclude after reading all that that the Jews are extinct, that these people are a walking lie, that they are not Jews, they are not descendants by seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Okay. I'm going to add to this. I've got to do this. In order to make this teaching complete, I got to go to Ezekiel. And this is the nail and the hammer. This is the final, final Ezekiel 37, just to show you that these people who occupy today's Israel was done by man and not by God. So God is out there in the cemetery with all the bones of the Jews and Israelites, and he's pointing out, I want to point out something here, that um, Ezekiel was revealed what is going to happen. I'm going to cut right to Ezekiel 37. And I do not know what they do with this Ezekiel 37. I've got to eliminate some of 36. Let's just get right to the point. And the hand of the Lord was upon me. This is Ezekiel. And he carried me out to the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones, and caused me to pass by them around about, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. Means they were dead. And he said unto me the Lord, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord, thou knowest. (laughs) Again he said unto him, or unto me, prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O oh, you dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter into you and ye shall live. Remember, he breathed into the mouth of de- uh, Adam soul life. He breathed breath life into him, soul life. And I will lay sinews upon you and will bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you. That's soul life. He is going to bring, to, this is the resurrection. He will breathe in you and ye shall live and ye shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and behold, a shaking. And the bones came together Bone to his bone, and when I beheld to the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above, and there was no breath in them, then he said unto me, Prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Saith to the Lord, Gone, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon them, uh, slain that they may live. That's from the four corners of the world where the angels are gathering. So I prophesied at the command to me, and the breath came in unto them, and they lived and stood upon their feet and the exceeding great army. Okay? Now, here's what I want you to hear. Then said he unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. In other words, they're all dead right there in Ezekiel. It concludes, it puts the capstone on this whole teaching. God tells Ezekiel in 37, this is the whole house of Israel, that they are, our bones are dried, our hope is lost, we are cut off, for our parts. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves, I will cause you to come up out of the graves and bring you into the land of Israel. It's God who brings them into the land of Israel, not man. They skip chapter 37, every one of them, and go right to verse 38, chapter 38. Let me repeat that. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, my people, I, I, God, will open your graves and cause you to come out of the graves and bring you unto the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord. When I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of your graves, this is the resurrection, people. And shall put my spirit in you, and ye shall live, and ye, I shall place you in your own land. And then shall you know that I, the Lord, have spoken and performed it, saith the Lord. And I close the book right there. It's so obvious. Man doesn't restore Israel. God doesn't. It has not been restored yet. And it says the whole house of Israel is dead. They are vanished. They are destroyed. God's wrath has come upon them upon the uttermost. But he still has salvation for them in the first resurrection, which is future. They're not alive. They're dead. That's true. So this is Mystic Guide concluding our teaching for the day without any music, without any fanfare, I think I've proven the point that the Jews do not exist. And if you want to know how they kept records, read the first chapter of Matthew. I don't have time. But it goes by generation, by gener- all the way down from Adam to Jesus Christ, or all the way from... One of them goes from Adam to Jesus Christ. Matthew gives the lineage of Mary and the lineage of Jesus Christ That's how they're supposed to keep records, and they do not keep records today. So, God bless you. This is your host, Mystic Guide. This has been Enlightenment Radio. Sorry for keeping you a little late, for the little distractions of the page turning, for the little distractions of imperfections. But after all, this is Enlightenment Radio, and we thrive on little imperfections. But it is the truth. God bless you. And God keep you in the palms of his hands for eternity. Love you.